Hi. Can you hear me? I'm going to stand back here a little bit so that people in the front can't see that I was crying like a baby in that last song. I don't know. So, oh, what a week. How many of y'all have had a week? Good, just not me. Good, good. If you think I'm stalling a little bit, I am, because uh, This, this week has been interesting. I've had um, a, a, an in, incredible, and I use that in air quotes or sarcastically or however you want to say it, a, a work week that started off by uh, a power outage in Akron in, in our area. and We were down and out for, for hours and it really messed up. And it's like, okay, well, you, you deal with that, right? Yeah. But I had an audit that I was dealing with for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if anybody has had the enjoyment of preparing for an audit, uh, you know that you just want to double, triple check everything just before the audit, just to be sure, right? To be confident, to check it again and again, and power outage, I could do nothing. I hear God's still small voice saying, quit it. I got this. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, go through the audit. Yeah, I was a little nervous about the audit. Turned out fine. The last day of the audit, which is Thursday, I get a call from uh, somebody who runs a certain department that, that I oversee, and, and they were unable to be there. They called off because uh, of uh, a sick child, legitimate and everything. But I'm thinking like, oh, not today, right? Selfish, I know, I know. Don't throw anything, okay. Hang up, and, and I get another phone call with... Uh, Somebody else that works in that same department, it's a small department, said, well, I, I had an emergency. My, my son called. They were in a car accident in, in, in the middle of the night. And as I got that information, I tripped down the steps and broke my arm. Ouch. But I'll be there. <laughs> I thought they were kidding. But no, they weren't. They broke their arm. They fell down the steps. And, and she came in. She wasn't a millennial. Shh. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Yeah, yeah. Now you laugh because you're with me on that, right? Okay, all right. So she came in and, and did a bang-up job. <laughs> Funny, I know. Okay, audit's done. We got through that Thursday with people being absent. Friday, right? <sighs> Relax. <sighs> Nationwide system failure, and part of our systems went down. I was like, come on, I need a break. 
Get through that. Okay. All in the back of my head, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm speaking on, on Sunday, and all these things are on the forefront of my mind. All these things are... are this is limited. Okay? It's limited. And things are flowing in there and dealing with it. And even though God said, hey, you, you know, relax, I, I got this, uh, I still said, no, God, you, you know, hang on, I, I've got to hold on to this. I, I've got to hang on to this. I'll interpret that. I've got to be in control of this situation so that I'm comfortable. I've got to be in control. All right? Does God want me to be in control? No. So, Friday night, I'm exhausted. Get up early Saturday, continue to work on... Uh, I knew what I, I was going to be talking about for a while now. And, uh, but still have to, to put some things together and, and was up early and got some things together. Got things... I have a dry eraser board in my home office, you know, about like this. So I'm up there uh, running back to my desk and I have like four Bibles open, you know, a, my laptop open with, with some really fantastic software. I got everything's going, you know, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, all these bells and whistles and, you know, and, and the book's all laid out and okay, and we're going to, all right, uh, all right, got all this and I'm, I'm putting this together and I'm got this laid out and oh, I wonder what this other version says that if they say it differently, Oh boy, I really like that wording. Let's go, you know, put that in there. And oh, I want to put this up here. And you get where I'm going with this, right? All right. So I get all that done. I'm feeling pretty good. Like, all right. Got some errands around. Got some things to do during the daytime. Come back at night, figuring. All right, just a little. Polish, right? Okay. And somehow I'm scratching my head and it's like, all right, all right. Put that together and done. Get up at 5.15 this morning. God said, no, you're not going to do that. I didn't have my Fitbit on, but if I did... Yeah. He gave me three words. Three words. And that's all we're going to talk about today. I'm going to review some things from last time I, I talked because I, I think it, it, it's relevant. Hopefully it's less of the I think it's relevant. And we'll, we'll see. We'll let you be the judge of that. But So we might be out of here by, uh, it's 11.04, 11.15. You know, warm the car up. You know, <laughs> cool the car down. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> so, I don't like not being in control. Anybody else like that? Okay. 
Everybody else like that? So it makes me a little bit more antsy when God said, no. You're not going to deliver this. I brought it anyhow just in case. (laughs) I had a big book of going to be impressive using a Spurgeon quote. Huh? Huh? That'd be impressive. I left it in the car. I brought it to Atwater. (laughs) Left it in the car. So. Three words. That's what we're going to talk about today. But I I wanted to review. How many of you were here about two months ago when I spoke on the Holy Spirit? Okay. So most of you. Okay, good. Okay, we'll go through this pretty quickly then. Um, We we talked about, uh, if we could put up John 14, 16. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. But in John 14, 16, Jesus says, the Father will send another. He says, in the ESV, it says, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. And we took a, a look at that, and, and we focused on two words, another and helper. Another, we looked at and said it meant another of the same kind. Now this is Jesus talking to His disciples, so Jesus was saying, hey, the Holy Spirit will come. He is another of the same kind as I was to you these last three years. And we use some uh, analogies of uh, a, a sweeper salesman. You guys remember that? Rainbow sweepers and all that? Okay. And we talked about another of the same kind of a paraclete, a helper. And we talked about it in some versions, a helper, counselor, comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, ally, friend, depending on what version you have. It's giving attributes of the paraclete. And no, I'm not going to revisit the paracletes, okay, you know. The rest of the four or five of you are like, ha yeah, that was kind of funny. The rest of you are like, oh. But then we talked about His work, the Holy Spirit's work, and teach you all things, remind you of everything that Jesus said, testify about Jesus, convict the world of guilt, exposing the guilt of the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment, and guide into all truth that's all in John, Jesus teaching his disciples. Now, we made a statement that said the same Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about there, another of the same kind, the paraclete, is the same Holy Spirit. If you are born again, that Holy Spirit, He is in you. Which is an awesome thought that the Holy Spirit is in me. 
The same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in me. And we talked about being led by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about being led by the sin nature, flesh, the world. Opposing forces. And we looked at Galatians 5. Sixteen through eighteen. Let, let's go ahead and turn there real quick. It's in the New Testament, I'm pretty sure. Galatians five sixteen says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Clearly, we should be led by the Spirit. And we kind of wrapped it up there. Which brings us to today. Having said that in the background, I'm going to give you the three words that God gave me, and for those of you that think that's enough and you want to leave, go ahead. I'm kidding, don't leave. It'll make me feel bad. Uh, three words. One is unity. We'll talk about unity in a second. The second is grieving. The third is quenching. We're talking about the Holy Spirit today. I think we originally, uh, I don't know what you want to title this. I put it down as do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Call it what you want. I don't, I don't know. I think things changed a little bit. But we're going to be taking a look at Ephesians today. And I would ask that, I'm going to run through this pretty quickly. So if you sneeze, you might miss something. So. In the book of Ephesians, most of what's talked about, certainly in the first three chapters, is unity. Paul talks about unity. And there's two aspects of unity that he focuses on. One he refers to as the mystery that has now been revealed, and that is the mystery of the Gentiles and the Jews being united in Christ. This was a concept that could have been a little uncomfortable for, for the Jews. Like, wait a minute. I thought we were the one and only. We were gods and everybody. What do you mean the Gentiles can be saved? But yet, take a look at Ephesians 3, verse 6. It'd be easier for me to read it up there, wouldn't it? Uh, my Bible has a lot of extra articles in it, and instead of just turning the page, I got like four pages to turn between one and another. So I apologize for that. Chapter 3, verse 6. This mystery is 
that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the Gospel. Blows their mind. Understand that God's desire is for us to be unified, us to be united in the body of Christ, where Christ is the head, and we are parts of the body. So as with parts of the body, there are different parts of the body. Some are hands, some are feet, some are ligaments, some are parts of the body that get front and center. Some are in the background, but all a part of the body. Oh, I like to use the analogy of, I, I just want to be a knee, right? Because, you know, get down on your knees and pray, and that's prideful. But we're all, as we are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. But as we learned last time, there is the Holy Spirit calling us to follow. But there's something else calling. And that's the world. That's the sin nature. That is the flesh calling out. Sometimes that sounds pretty loud. And we can get lost in that. Well, what happens? Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 4.30. We're going to take a look at that. Paul says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. All right, well, let's, this is why I want to dig in a little bit. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? I, I, legitimate question, right? If, if we're being told not to do something, it would be great to have a, a kind of a handle on what that means. So, Let's look at the word grieve. Afflict with sorrow. Sad. Meaning of to cause grief and to offend. So Paul is saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't afflict with sorrow. Don't cause grief. Now, there, there's something that's being stated there that we're doing that's causing grief. It is causing the Holy Spirit to be sad. That is causing sorrow. Causing. We're doing something. Well, what is that something that we're doing? Let's read this in context 
I want to read from verses 17 through 32 so we can see this expanded out a little bit and put this in proper position. So, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. Former manner. Not current. Former. And is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So, here we have uh, some context here, and Paul's talking about, hey, don't live, you know, as you perceive the Gentiles lived before they were in Christ, but as we are unified, there are some characteristics of things that you should do and be and things that you shouldn't do. And here he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And then he gives us a little punch list. Bitterness. Anybody ever been bitter? Don't raise your hand. What is bitterness? And, and I, I like to have a clearer picture. I like to, in my mind, paint what that means. So, resentment at being treated unfairly in a poisonous kind of way. Ooh, well, has anybody ever been treated unfairly? Sure, we all have. How do we react to that? In a bitter way, this can cause sorrow, cause grief to the Holy Spirit. Wrath. Outrage. Hot-tempered. Rage. 
think that's pretty clear. When we react in such a way, it causes grief. Anger. Now, this is an anger we read previously, don't sin in your anger. This is a vengeance. You know, what's the Bible say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But when vengeance is Dan, says the Lord. Yeah, it doesn't say that. But when you are angry and you say, you know, I'm going to get them. I am going to get them. Holy Spirit is grieved. Clamor. Strongly expressed protest. Outcry. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. I don't like it. That's not right. I like blue chairs, not red ones. Or maroon or whatever color you want to call that. Red. I don't like brown carpeting. I don't like a CRI index of 100. I like CRI. Never mind. I don't like the lighting. It's too white. I like the nice, soft, orangey. Slander, a false statement to damage a person. To damage a person. Malice, the intention to do evil. Now let's look at all of those, and I'm going to do this. I was told I have to say in a certain area, so I'm not going to drift too far. Look at all these characteristics, and what do they do? They divide. They rip apart. Disruption of what? Unity. The Holy Spirit desires us to work together in alignment with Him. Christ being the head. We being the body. Oh, we can be different as different parts of the body. But it grieves the Holy Spirit when we... And I'm not saying that's an all-inclusive list. These are examples. When we follow what the world does and tears things apart. Hey God, you know what? They wronged me. I'm going to get them back. You're taking things into your own hands. Into your control. This grieves the Holy Spirit. Third thing. I'm going to turn there before I tell you where. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Now that kind of sounds a little bit like grieving the Spirit, but it's different. Do not quench the Spirit. So, what did I do? I looked up quench, right? I'd like to know. Wouldn't you like to know? You all came in here today to say, I, I hope he talks about quenching the Spirit. Because that... 
So I looked it up. Extinguishing, extinguish the flame. Dampen down. Snuff out. Stifle. Suppress. Okay, that's quenching the spirit. Well, let's take a look at this in context and, and see what we learn. So let's read, starting at verse 12. Helps if I'm in the right chapter. This is verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold, what, hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful he will surely do it. Quenching the Holy Spirit. Quenching. Extinguish the flame. Dampen down. Snuff out. Stifle. Suppress. When the Holy Spirit is working and moving, when we, number one, ignore the Holy Spirit, we choose to Say, no, that's not, that, I don't know what that is. I'm ignoring it. That quenches the Holy Spirit. That suppresses Him. That causes Him to withdraw. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. When the Holy Spirit is speaking through the preacher, through uh, the, the man or woman of God, the Sunday school teacher, listen to them. But here, what's the next part? And this is so important. Verse 21, but. So all your Bibles have that in verse 21, but but test everything. Test everything. Wait a second. So we have a responsibility when it says do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, but instead test everything. That's calling us to action. We are not to be passive in this thing. We are to be active. 
So when the Holy Spirit's moving, what does that mean? We need to take what's being preached and test it. We need to test it. It is something we are not just to say, ah, well, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Whatever. I'll cherry pick some of those things. And No! We are to test it. How do we test it? The Word of God. How do you test something? You compare what's being said to the truth of the Word of God. If it lines up, glory, hallelujah. If it doesn't line up, it fails the test. Well, that causes us to be charged with doing something. What I'm saying here today, what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying here today, that we are responsible for testing what's being said. Here? Hey, test test what I'm being said. If it's wrong, throw it out. The favorite preacher on TV? Test what's being said. If it doesn't line up with the Word, throw it out. Well, you know, I'm pretty spiritual. God and I are tight. In prayer, He tells me stuff. Tight. He tells me stuff. Yeah. Test the spirits. If it lines up with the Word of God, glory, hallelujah. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, fails the test. That's our responsibility. Does that make sense? Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The world will pull you. The world will try to deceive you. Your own flesh will rise up against you and say, man, I'm so hungry and Denny's has a sale only Sunday morning. All you can eat scrambled eggs. A dollar. Woo! I'm tempted to go there. That's the world. That's my flesh saying I like scrambled eggs. Keto diet. Never mind. The world will try to pull you in. Your flesh will try to knock you around. To try to break the unity of the body. If, if I don't know where Ben's at. If Ben wasn't here today, there's Ben. If Ben wasn't here today, that function would be shorthanded. We wouldn't be complete. Less would be greeted. Who's helping to pass the plate? We would be incomplete in every other aspect of all of our lives. God has assigned you a purpose. And there's a plan for your life. In Jeremiah chapter 1, he says that before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. 
I want to challenge you today. Don't be passive. Be active. Dig in to your word. Test. Dig in. Hey, if you're hearing some preaching on, on Moody and, and you're listening and you, you know, hey, look it up. Dig into it a little bit. It's our responsibility. I don't really have an ending today. Correction. I had an ending. Uh, let me do this, if you would indulge me. I, I picked up, I, I, I collect books. Okay, I, I have a lot of books and I'd like to get them Goodwill or, or, or thrift stores or uh, half-price books. Yay! Uh, and, and I picked one up. This is a little workbook. There's a, a book out called Not a Fan. I don't know if anybody has read that or not, but this is a little journal and everything. And I saw it and I don't normally get these like this, but I, I opened this up. And, and kind of fell, it's a day seven, and there's some questions, and then you write in your personal answers, and I don't know who the owner of this book was. You know, I don't know a first name, last name, or anything. I can tell you by other things that were written that it's a female. But something caught my eye. And it said, um, Just try to walk around your home saying to Jesus, I give you this and this and this. Describe below what that exercise was like for you. So I immediately felt in my spirit, what are the things that we're holding back from Jesus? That we're commanding compartmentalizing some way, somehow. Saying, Jesus, I give you my whole life except for all this stuff over here. Or, Jesus, you are A number one except, well, you know, I've got this priority. But you understand. Jesus. We're good, right? You, you, you understand. As the Spirit is calling us, so is the world. And I want to read you the written response that's here. The question was, or the activity was, try walking around your home saying to Jesus, I give you this and this and this. I give you this. I give you this. I give you this. Whatever that might be in your home. Describe below what that exercise was like for you. It's hard because he may ask me to give up something that I want. But I want him more. The honesty in what that person wrote broke my heart. It's one thing to go around the house and do that activity and say, yeah, I'll give Jesus any part of the ministry that this might represent. It's all you, Jesus. And I, I may have a, a talent and a skill to, to be musical or sing, and 
I give it all to you, Jesus. TV, I give most of that to you, Lord. Except Netflix, because, you know, But sometimes there's that area or areas where the Holy Spirit is saying, let me lead you through that. And we're afraid to follow because of what that might mean. Well, I I really like this thing over here. I don't want to give it up. I'm afraid if I follow, I'll have to give this up. That's an honest response. How many of us, don't raise your hand, but how how many of us, and I'm closing on this, could potentially be like that, that lady? Don't know if she's young or old, but could be like that. It's scary to follow you, Lord. I'm afraid because that may cause changes in my life. That may cause me to give up something that I really liked. Let me tell you this morning, God designed you for a purpose and a will. And when you operate in that, there's no greater joy. I told you this before, and and again, this is my second closing. This will be the final one. I don't mean to be funny. I'm not trying to be. But when I played baseball, I was a catcher. Catchers have certain characteristics and attributes. Okay, uh, when I was on a semi-pro team, uh, there was another catcher that was—I uh, think I was better—but he was long-standing. Okay, again, pride. But I was on the bench, but I, I did what I could to help the team out. Our second baseman got drafted, and there was no one to play second base. They said. You want to try it. I'm a catcher. Catchers playing second base don't fit. But I, I had a, a neighborhood guy hit me ground balls on asphalt really fast and, and quick to get the, the rhythm, the practice, to, so that I could, in my shortcomings, try to get as good as I could not having the skills to play second base correctly, but doing the very best that I could to learn as much as I could so that I could play. And when I did play second base, and by the way, I hit 506, so my bat was very strong. You know baseball, that's pretty good. In semi-pro, you'll get your name in the paper. But at second base, I looked like a catcher playing second base. And for anybody that knows baseball, that's awkward. I felt awkward. Yes, there was a time I got a ground ball, and I threw it over the first baseman's head, over the coach's head, over the fence, and over the hill. It wasn't funny at the time, but years later it is. What's my point to that? If we're a catcher trying to play second base, we may try to polish that skill and get to a certain level, but it might be stressful. 
it might be hard and it doesn't feel right and it's a chore and it's drudgery and but at least I'm in control. When we operate as God designed us to operate in the unity and function of the body under Christ as the head, there is great joy. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You, Lord, that Your Word goes out and does accomplish the purpose that You sent it. I pray, Father, as, as much as I could to get out of the way, I, 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 I tried. But Father, pray today that Your Word, like seed, is planted. Holy Spirit, come water that seed. Grow that seed. I pray, Father, for a hedge of protection around each person here today that would guard Your Word in their heart. Holy Spirit, cause learning to happen. Bring back to their remembrance the things that they've been taught as they journey from these four walls here today. Speak to everyone's heart that they would function as You've designed them to function. That they would be bold enough to be led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, we give You all praise. We give You all honor and all glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.